You're listening to the Father's House Podcast. We're in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hope you guys enjoy. If you guys want more information, you can go to thefathershouseky.com. Yeah, I, thanks, Maddie. That's kind of how I would introduce somebody. Uh, or I'd add probably another paragraph or two. Well, it's Sunday. It's the Lord's Day. Hallelujah. I got a lot of notes. I got a lot of scriptures. I hope you have either a fast typing thumbs for your iPhones or your droid people, uh, or you brought a notepad and some pencils. Wait, pens? I don't know. Some of you guys are drawing out there. Just draw what we teach on. Uh, so glad to see you guys. So glad. It was such an honor to be here. Uh, real quickly, speaking on freedom groups, if you're part of a freedom group and you've already signed up, go to the Church Center app. If you don't have the church, who doesn't have the Church Center app? There's a few of you. Do you have a smartphone? Okay, you do. Okay, if you scan that code, it'll take you to where you select either a Droid version or an iPhone version. But if you're part of a freedom group and you go to groups and you select your group, there's messages in here and your leaders are messaging you about important things like dates, the conference dates. Uh, Hey, how are you doing? Hey, who's bringing food or whatever it may be. So make sure you're checking that. If you're in my group, you definitely got a message from me. Be sure to reply back or throw a thumbs up my way or to your leader's way and everybody said, I'll do it. I got you. Well, let's pray. We're gonna pray, then we'll jump straight in, try to remain calm, take it easy. Lord, I thank you. May we continue to focus and lean into you. Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. I pray that our hearts are open and ready and prepared to receive from you. Lord, I pray that your word would come forth, not just my own. But Lord, what we have here, I pray, Lord, that chains would break, that minds would be renewed, that faith would grow, and that literally hearts would be set free today, that lives, the very souls refreshed of the people in this room or anybody coming across this online, Lord, that you would set your people free and provide massive breakthrough. I pray, Micah 6, that you are the Lord who is the breaker, the one who breaks through. And I thank you that you're breaking through all the distractions, and anything that's keeping us from the knowledge of you. And I pray, Lord, that this house would always be a place of your presence and an invitation to intimacy always. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen. Well, speaking of freedom, you know, if you haven't signed up for a group, I'm not gonna continue that announcement, but sign up for one. It's good for you. Uh, I've spent the last few years going through my own form of freedom. I've done sozo, I've done inner healing, I've done fully alive, which is like an intense freedom retreat. We, I've done freedom here, and freedom is just such a massive breakthrough. If I could share with you a real story, uh, I've talked about my own journey with freedom. Go back to the podcast or the YouTube. Uh, about a year ago, I gave a, just a little snippet of my story, and I'll touch on it today. But er, like in the last year, the Lord set me free. 
from something that really disrupted my mind, my thought process, and dare I say, even my life. One day, I don't know about you, but the Lord tends to talk to me in the shower. Pastor Gerald, that sounds kind of weird. Maybe. Nobody's in there. The door's shut. Sometimes, sometimes people come in and need stuff. But anyway, <laughs> the cat walks in. You just never know. But usually, the Lord, a lot of times the Lord will speak to me in the shower. And sometimes I think he speaks to people through dreams, like we're going to learn about today. Because that's the only time we're relaxed it's the only time that we've put away all the distractions and all the anxiety and where the Lord really has free reign to speak to us. A lot of times we have to put our place, ourself in a place where he can speak to us. So in the shower, I'm praying to God and I've, who's ever heard the term deconstruction? Yeah, that's like a buzzword of today, deconstruction of people's faith. That's a whole nother topic. Uh, that's a whole nother sermon. But I was praying to the Lord, and I was talking to him about how people are mad at God. People, I was like, Lord, people are mad at you. People are blaming you for things that you've never done. Maybe you might be in this room, and you might use the phrase church hurt, or that's another buzz phrase. I'm not here to get onto that. That's a whole other thing, but I may touch on it. But I was like, Lord, people are church hurt, and they're blaming you for things that you've never done. And I'm telling you, I love how the Lord loves to surprise us and surprise me. And the Lord speaks to me instantly. And he says, kind of like you in University of Kentucky. And I was like, I was cut deep. Like, Pastor Darrell, you don't like the University of Kentucky? Hold on. I said, so the Lord convicted me, like I'm holding UK hostage because of all the UK fans that have misrepresented the University of Kentucky. All the unnice people who represent UK and bleed blue, you might be one of them, but I'm gonna tell you, the Lord spoke to me and I was like, God, so you're telling me, I'm blaming, so all these people that misrepresent UK, I'm holding UK hostage because of their misrepresentation of the college, the sports, and the programs represented, and the God's like, yeah. And I was like, oh. Now this may sound silly to you, but for me, I have been very outspoken against the University of Kentucky for years. Go cards, and don't get me wrong, love the cards, and got some card fans up in here. Where y'all at? There's, see, now, now they've targeted you, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but the Lord, the Lord kind of disrupted my world a little bit, so today, I don't bash the University of Kentucky, I don't bash UK fans, although some do misrepresent, but so does Indiana, so do many colleges, but the Lord just showed me in that moment, you're blaming other people for things that aren't their fault, just like people blame me for things that are not my fault. Hmm. Look to your neighbor and say, freedom. Now, I tell that story because I'm kind of making fun of myself. There's all kinds of other parts of freedom that I've walked through. Forgiving my parents. My parents were hardworking folk, folks. Working multiple jobs to see us not have to work to the bone like they did. We, want, we are working hard so that one day you don't have to. If you're a parent in the room and you've ever said that, God bless you. But walking through freedom, I have sat and prayed in the floor of my own snot, 
my own tears, no pride, nothing. Walking through forgiveness for those around me that have hurt me. Some people might even be leaders in the church that have hurt me. Granted, I've been a leader in the church for a long time and I know that I've hurt people and I'm sorry. There's sometimes that, and by the way, I'm not picking on pastors and leaders in the church. I know that people wanna jump on that train, but at the end of the day, some of it's legitimate and some of it's just, you just don't wanna do what the Lord wants to do because it's clearly biblical what you are to do and how to live and some people just don't wanna do that. At the end of the day, if Jesus is Lord, we love to make Jesus savior, but when he's Lord, he's leader of our life, and what his word says goes, period. If God tells me to tithe, and this is not your tithe, pull out your pocketbook message, but if the Lord says to tithe, I tithe. You know, for years I wrestled with that. I don't know, it's my money, it's my money. You probably have said that in here too, but when he says tithe, tithe. And then when you start tithing, you realize being generous and giving it away is not that hard. I've forgiven my mom for things that last time I, I was up here or one of the times in the last year I preached and I talked about forgiving my mom for having to sell baseball cards because she said, if we don't make enough money today, mom's going to jail. I remember many days when my parents fought and you can hear it two blocks down and I'm thinking they're gonna get divorced every day. That's how bad the fights were. And when I was 11 years old, that was a moment that disrupted my life and disrupted everything that I saw for my future. And sometimes there are things that disrupt our lives that are not in our control and they're not in our power. See, when something disrupts our lives, it's either something or someone or circumstances that disrupts things, things out of our control and out of our hand. And we're gonna look at this in the Bible today in the book of Genesis chapter 37. Pastor Darrell, we're talking about freedom. I know. The word disruption is like a buzzword for me right now. And disruption can sound scary. When I played baseball, the curveball was scary. How many of you guys have ever seen a curveball for the first time? It's different. You're used to them just coming straight ahead, right down the middle, high, trying not to get hit by it. But when that curveball breaks, or you have that breaking ball, and if you can throw a knuckleball, God bless you as well. Knuckleball is even freakier. But sometimes there are curveballs, there are things and disruptions that come our way we do not expect, and we see that in the book of Genesis 37. Now before we jump in there, we're learning about Joseph. Look to your neighbor and say, Joseph. Look to somebody around you and say, that guy. Okay, just making sure you're with me. So we learn about Joseph, who is the son of Jacob. Jacob, a little backstory before we jump in. We have 12 sons, we have four mothers, and we have, that's just a lot already. You got four moms and 12 children. That's a lot. I don't know about you, but if you're married, and I'm not knocking against anybody, I've only, I'm only in my first marriage. I don't know how that's gonna play. All I'm gonna say is, I talk to a lot of guys, I'm gonna tell you, bro, just one's enough. I love my wife, but one is enough. So, you got two wives and two concubines. Anyway, we'll get to that in a second. But Joseph is the favorite. He's the firstborn of Jacob's favorite wife, Rachel. Right? 
So he's the favorite. And I'm gonna tell you, as the youngest of four brothers and a fifth cousin who's like a brother, I can relate to this story a little bit, but I didn't get a multicolored coat. I didn't get a very colored tunic like Joseph. So, but you have, you have Reuben, let's go, we're gonna go down the line. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, Asher, Issachar, Zebulun, Joseph, and Benjamin. Benjamin is younger than Joseph. He's also the son of Rachel. Just a little backstory. Can I go ahead and say something before we jump in? Polygamy never works out in the Bible. So I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you, I really put this in my notes because like, I feel like somebody needs to hear this. It doesn't say thou shalt not be a polygamist. It just, if you look in the Old Testament, put multiple wives, multiple things like that just don't work. So if you're looking for the exact wording in the scripture for that, just look at all the stories, none of them end well. Let's just settle that, okay, cool? Just work with me, okay? All right, here we go. Genesis 37.2, this is the account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks. He worked for his half-brothers, the sons of his father's wives, Bilhah and Zilpah, but Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. One day, Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe, but his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They could not say a kind word to him. They couldn't speak peacefully with him. Some of y'all are thinking of your siblings right now, and I said y'all because we're in Kentucky. It's okay, okay? So, some of you cannot speak To your siblings, you can't speak to people peacefully. It's kind of like this. Verse five, one night Joseph had a dream where he told his brothers about it. They hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, so you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. And soon Joseph had another dream. And again, he told his brothers about it. Listen, I've had another dream. Thanks, bro. The sun, moon, and 11 stars bowed low before me. This time he told the dream to his father as well, but his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that, son? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. So Joseph's life, Joseph has a God dream and it disrupts his entire life. Joseph has a God dream and it disrupts his entire life. His brothers hate him. They already know he's the favorite, but now he's having dreams where they're bound before him, giving him more reason to hate him. Now I've got to believe that Joseph, being the wise dude that he is, that he knows not to brag about dreams where they're bowing to him. If you keep reading the story, we're going Genesis 37 to 50 today, baby. We're gonna go long. Just kidding, I'll get you out here in time. So, but Joseph, he has a God dream and it disrupts his life, okay? A disruption, a break, interruption, radical change, problems or a disturbance. A word from God can disrupt our lives. Prophetic words, words of knowledge, words of wisdom don't always, don't always gently massage us or encourage us. A lot of us want a word from the Lord, 
You got the Bible too, by the way. Just, just making sure, you know, the more you read that, the more you hear his voice. So, but a word from the Lord doesn't always massage us. We're praying for a word from the Lord. And when you get a word from the Lord, it can disrupt you. It can change the course of your destiny. Why? Why? Because a lot of times we want that word from the Lord, and that word from the Lord is to encourage us, make us feel better. All right, God, you see me, you know me, you love me, and I'm all for those words. But sometimes you get a word or you get a dream like Joseph, and it disrupts his life, it disrupts his family, and it disrupts his destiny. And some of you guys in here, you know, the idea of Joseph being the favorite hits home. Right? Jacob favored him over everybody else. And sometimes we feel that way. And there's some of that baggage we're still carrying that we need to deal with and we need to give to God and let it go. I'm fine, Pastor Darrell. I don't have to deal with any of that baloney. I just told you I'm in my own snot, my own tears, forgiving my mom for something I completely forgot. But the Holy Spirit brings things all to our remembrance. So that not that we can run from it, but to deal with it. So Joseph's life is massively disrupted. I'm going to try to speed along. His brothers take his tunic. They throw him into a cistern. They sell him to the Ishmaelites. Some translations will say Midianites. Same people. The brothers send their robe to their dad. They don't, they don't have the guts to take it to their dad themselves. They send it to him. They don't have, well, I was going to say something else. They don't have the guts to take it to their dad, but they have it sent to him. And then he ends up getting sold to Potiphar, the captain of Pharaoh's bodyguard. But there's something interesting. Joseph has every right to be ticked off, mad at his brothers, at the dysfunction of his family. Can I tell you, for years, and my family is not necessarily dysfunctional, but yet it is. As normal as my, of all the years that I've been to counseling, I've been to Sozo, I've been to all kinds of things, and even the most normal family has dysfunction. Not, and I love my parents, and I will honor them. They busted their butts to provide for us. But they were carrying stuff that they gave to me, and that I, if I'm not careful, am giving to my daughter. And I don't want to do that. If not for you, do it for your children. Do it for your grandchildren. Get free. So, but the cool thing is about Joseph's story as we're moving along, Genesis 39.2 says, the Lord was with Joseph and he succeeded in everything he did. Everything he did, it says the Lord was with him. You'll see this continually throughout the story of Joseph that the Lord was with him. It doesn't say Joseph was ticked off and mad and throwing a tantrum. We don't know if that's really what he did. I'm sure if we really needed to know that, we would see it. But I'm sure there's part of him was like, dang, I didn't do anything. I was just doing what dad told me to do. Watch my brothers and report on them. That already sounds like snitches get stitches, whatever. I say snitches get riches, they get better deals, they get more time off for jail, all those things. Just kidding, I don't know if that's always true. I've had people call me like, yo, Pastor Darrell, what should I do in this situation? I'm like, dude, somebody else is already selling you out already. And not everybody's laughing on that one. I'm just saying. But he's like, yo, I just did what dad did. Dad wanted me to do that. What's Jesus say? I do what the father does. I do what the father tells me. Joseph's doing the same thing. He's actually a depiction of Jesus in the scriptures. I don't know about you, but that's pretty darn cool. So 
But Joseph will not dishonor God or Potiphar. His, Potiphar's wife wants him to sleep with him, wants to be with him. She desires him. Every day she bugs him. But he can't dishonor God, and he can't dishonor his master. Guess what happens? Potiphar's wife lies, throws him, and then Potiphar throws him into prison once again. I just did what I was supposed to do. God, why? Here's a deal. The devil is not more powerful than God. We tend to think that the circumstances we're walking in, boo-hoo, 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 and granted, I've had my boo-hoo. Lots of boo-hoo moments. But you gotta remember that God has authority over all of us. This story is, I mean, as we keep going, God's hand is on Joseph, even though he's been done completely wrong. He has every right to be mad, every right to be ticked, every right to post about it on social media and get everybody on his side. Hmm. Hmm. That's a whole nother topic. So be careful about posting stuff on social media. There was a person here recently posting only their side and there's a whole nother side to it. Bro, you lying. I'm gonna get everybody on my side and I'm gonna freak it. Oh, sorry. That'd be the same freaking, forgive me. So like, <laughs> sorry. A little too much myself. Genesis 39. <laughs> Genesis 39, it's okay to laugh in church. Genesis 39, 21, but the Lord was with Joseph in the prison, showed him his faithful love, move on from that. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. The warden had no worries because Joseph took care of everything. But once again, the Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed, okay? So then, fast forward, Pharaoh has dreams. You know, you had the chief baker, the chief cupbearer, and the cupbearer forgot about him. A few years later, Pharaoh has some scary dreams. He's like, yo, dog, you guys know anybody that can interpret these dreams? No one, but then he remembers, oh, wait, there's that guy in prison. They get Joseph. Joseph interprets the dreams, and he's second in command of Egypt. So Joseph's disruption leads to God-ordained destiny. Joseph's disruption leads to God-ordained destiny. What we think is a problem and a disturbance and trouble and how can you allow this God is really God-ordained destiny. There are some of you in the room today that you think you are down and you are knocked out, you are beaten and you are broken and there you are beyond repair. I'm gonna quote Mickey Goldmill quoting the Rocky Balboa, a little better, I'm gonna quote the father. Get up because the father loves you. It's time to get up. It's time to get up. You're not beaten, you're not broken. You still have breath in your lungs, the breath of the Lord I have put in your lungs. You have purpose. This is just temporary pain. You are here to give glory to me and breakthrough is coming. God ordained it in Psalm 105. It just says that God, until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested or refined Joseph's character. He refined his character. It's in Psalm, I think it's in 19. He refined him. What you're going through could be a refining fire. We love to sing that Maverick City song until you start thinking about the lyrics, and then you're like, whoa, refiner fire. Whoa, 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 what am I singing? What we were singing today, you can tell sometimes when people are like, ah, God, you're the only one thing. 
I don't know. You're my one thing. But when he is your one thing, he'll take care of everything. What we really see, this, what we really see as disruption is God ordaining steps. We're almost there. Hang in there. Psalm 37, 23 to 24 says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. That's New King James. I used to read the King James. Once you get the thousands of thighs and the vines down, you got it. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. And then it continues, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholds him with his hand. You know, I heard a pastor share recently that really hit home with me. Just him sharing his story. He said, after 20 years, God led him out of a season and led him out of a comfortable season that he wanted to stay in. How y'all like comfort? Y'all thinking about your Sunday afternoon naps already? (laughs) Thank you, Blake. He's honest. Comfort is nice. But he said after 20 years, the Lord was calling him to something else. And he said if God had given him the whole plan, if God had told him to pastor a church, if God told him to plant a church, he said he would have said no. I'm sure if Joseph got the word, God says, dream, you're going to be second in command in Egypt. You're going to save all of your people and no one's going to die. Would he have said yes? By the way, in order to get there, we're going to have to have your brothers beat you up, take your coat, throw you in a cistern or a pit or a well, however you want to word it, and we're going to sell you to slavery. You're going to end up going to Egypt where you know zero people, and then you're going to have favor because the Lord wants to give you favor, and then you're going to end up going, you're going to be falsely accused of raping Potiphar's wife, then you're going to go to jail. And wait a minute, you're going to interpret a guy's dream. And then it's going to take three more years because he's going to forget you. And then Pharaoh's going to call you up, second in command of Egypt. And then I'm going to give you a job after you interpret his dreams. Would you say yes? Would you say yes, no matter the cost, no matter the plan, will you say yes to God? Whatever I have to give up, Lord, I'll do it. If I have to forgive somebody, I'll do it. Lord, if I have to sacrifice what is pleasure and comfort to me, if that's what you want me to do, I'll do it because I want what the Lord wants. And what the Lord wants is always best. Am I getting too fiery? Just checking. track. What is God doing that is he's ordaining your steps right now? What is he doing? Could he be ordaining your steps? Question for you. Think about it later. Pray about it. Then the story goes on. And in Genesis 42, Joseph sees his brothers in Egypt and he remembers everything. He remembers everything. And then he sees that, then he, then I'm not going to give you the whole backstory for the sake of time. But he starts to see a change of heart with his brothers. Just how they're talking. Yo, we can't go get Benjamin. That guy wants Benjamin to come back here. You know, that's, you know, that's, you know, that's his second favorite son. He's our dad's already lost one. We can't do that again. Not to him, not to dad, never. 
And Joseph starts to see a change in the heart of his brothers. You know, they said, and then Reuben's, Reuben, I love that Reuben speaks up. Which, by the way, Joseph became the firstborn because Reuben made some mistakes. Look it up later. Joseph understood what they were saying and it says he began to weep. He's beginning to see, it says in Genesis 43, he sees Benjamin, Genesis 43, 29 through 31. Joseph weeps privately after seeing his youngest brother. So what does this tell us? It tells us that Joseph wants to or has already forgiven his brothers. Is there an area in your life that maybe you are carrying unforgiveness? I feel like as I was praying about this message, I just saw the word unforgiveness. And part of freedom is forgiving people that have hurt us. Look, I'm a pastor. Like I said earlier, I've been hurt by people, even in the church. Some well-meaning, and you don't see it until later what's really going on. And some, well, it's probably not, there's, there's no hurt that you could justify based on what was said and done. There are people in your life, mom and dad may have hurt you. What do we always say, hurt people, hurt people. Mom or dad may have hurt you. Friends may have hurt you. Some of you are mad at God. You're mad at God. I'm gonna tell you, I've had my times where I've been mad at God. Like, Lord, I don't wanna read your word. God, I'm too hurt to read your word. God, I don't wanna pray, because I'm afraid what you're gonna tell me. I don't wanna go there. I don't wanna go there, but sometimes you need to go there. You need to go there because he wants you to confront it and not run from it. He wants you to face it and he wants to help free you from it and overcome it. That he wants to help you triumph and get you out of that pit, out of that prison and back to the palace like Joseph. Maybe you're mad at God. You know, maybe you're mad at your, I don't know, you're mad at your boss. I don't know. But do you carry unforgiveness? I mean, I would examine your heart even as I'm speaking. Ask the Lord to examine your heart. Is there any area of me where I carry unforgiveness? And some of you guys are having trouble forgiving yourself. Can I give you a breakthrough that I had many years ago? If God says he forgives me, he's true to his word. He cannot lie. And what he says is true. And if he says he's forgiven me, well, I'm forgiven. A lot of times we're the one beating ourselves up, not God. But we're still, we're still afraid. We're still fearful. God wants to set you free today. And when the Lord says that Jesus Christ died on the cross for the sins of the world, for the propitiation or the payment of all sins, not some, not past, not present, all of them, he wants to set you free today. And if there's shame and guilt keeping you in that pew today, don't let it one hour longer. When this prayer team gets called up in just a little bit, not yet, I want you to come and I want you to pray with them. I'm gonna fast forward to his story. There's all kinds of scriptures on unforgiveness. Second Corinthians 2.10 says, when you forgive this man, I forgive him too. And when I forgive whatever needs to be forgiven, I do so with Christ's authority for your benefit so that Satan will not outsmart us for we are familiar with his evil schemes. Unforgiveness is a scheme of the devil. You know, I was down here in worship and the Lord was just saying, Jesus is the lion of Judah. And some of these, the devil is a lion roaming about seeking whom he may devour. And the devil's roar is not bigger than Jesus's. And the Lord wants to give you your roar back. 
somebody ain't amening who needs to. The Lord wants, and I said ain't because we're in Kentucky. I'm going to do that. The Lord wants to give you your roar back. I'm going to tell you right now, this message is not about me when I leave this pulpit. Oh, did I preach a good message? Oh, did it make sense? Oh, was it good? No, 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 no. This is for you and you alone. 2 Corinthians 10, Apostle Paul says, it's the bait of Satan. The devil wants to keep you hurt. He wants to keep you down. He wants to keep you broken. So that if you're free and you're walking in the freedom of Jesus Christ and you're led by the Holy Spirit, he knows that you'll set others free. He wants to set you free to set others free. Joseph could have had a pity party, but he knew that God was doing something bigger. Let's go Ephesians 4. We'll get back to Joseph. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as any, all types of evil behavior. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Colossians 3. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, close yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility. All humility is more what we need, Lord. Gentleness and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. The Lord is forgive. We're grace. Where much is given, much is required, and I've been given a lot of grace. And because I've been given much grace as a pastor, as a Christian, as a husband, as a brother, as a father. You know how many times I've told my daughter I'm sorry? Humility. I've told my daughter I'm sorry a lot of times. And that's because I want to be humble. You know, there's going to come a day when she's going to want to tell me she's sorry. We've already built that. We're still building that. Does that make sense? It's hot up here. All right. So we're going to fast forward to the story and move on. Basically, Joseph reunites with his brothers, cries a lot, so loud that Egypt can hear it. He cries so loud that they can hear it. He, and his, he basically says, I'm Joseph, is my dad still alive? And they realize it's him, they're dismayed, they all hug each other, kiss each other. He says, hey, he says, what you meant for evil. He says, don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many, many survivors, survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. Could it be that the crapola you're carrying, God wants to set you free from? Pastor Darrell, are you saying that God's behind all the hurt and the pain of the people that have hurt me? No. But Romans 8.28 says that God works everything together for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. If you love the Lord, you're called to his purpose. And it says he'll work everything together for good. When your marriage is crap, when you want to get divorced, when you've done things you're not proud of, the Lord We'll work it together for good if you will submit to him, his authority, and be obedient. The Lord says, hey, I want you to set aside a lot of cash, cash that you would love to spend on whatever you want, but if you will give this and give it away, and it will go to the kingdom, I promise, if you'll just be obedient, it's all going to work out. I remember one time the Lord told me, he said, I'll take your 50 and I'll turn it to 500. I said, God, all I got's 50. He says, I'll turn it to 500. 
So they kiss, they hug, and the movie roll credits. Okay? Just kidding. But there's another key to the story that people miss. Genesis 50. Jacob dies. They bury him. And the brothers are scared that Joseph, now that dad is gone, he's going to exact vengeance on them. You know what that tells me? They never had the talk. They never had the I'm sorry, I forgive you talk. Or at least if they did, it didn't take because they didn't believe Joseph. How many of us not taking God at his word today? Pastor Darrell, this pain I'm carrying, it's difficult, it's heavy. I don't know if I want to forgive them. And some people have done some terrible things. Somebody was telling me recently, I don't know how you can forgive someone who murders somebody. I'm not, I never will pretend it's easy, ever. But if God tells me to forgive them, then I'm to forgive them. Now they may not be walking in my house immediately. They're gonna be gun free or whatever weapon free they have, you know? But we are to forgive them because guess what? That's us too. If you even hated somebody in the room, that's the equivalent of, of murder in the Bible. I've had some hate in my heart, I'll be real with you. Not a racist thing, just, you know, sometimes you're just so mad at people, you're like, oh, you don't, you're just angry, you're gnashing your teeth, kind of hate. God doesn't want you to carry that today. But the brothers are so nervous, and then Joseph reassures them. So God-ordained destiny redeems Joseph's family. My final point, and I'm trying to wrap up. I told myself I wouldn't go long today, but... Joseph replies, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended harm to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. And he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. Proverbs 10, 12 says, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers and overwhelms all transgressions, forgiving and overlooking another's faults. So Joseph's life a God dream disrupted his life. But that disruption led to a God-ordained destiny that only God knew about. Because Joseph would have said no if he knew the whole plan. A lot of times, if we, knew, we love in the western part of the world, love the whole plan. Give me the whole plan and then I'll step out in faith. Give me the whole plan, Lord, I'm getting closer. You know, and that just, that's just not how God works. And if he gives you the whole plan, there's probably some steps missing you don't know about. Joseph could have easily enacted vengeance on his brothers. He could have easily punished them. Most of us, if we're in our fleshly thinking, we would have done the opposite of Joseph. But Joseph, it says the Lord was with him and he had favor upon him. And Joseph, I'm sure along that journey, he started to see, wait a minute. I'm, I'm like, I just have, he could see the favor on his life with the people around him. And then one, even when he was in the prison, he had favor. And then when he's in the palace, he's like, okay, okay, I'm starting to see it, God. There's a reason you've got me here, right? So sometimes the disruption in our lives we think is a problem, but really is God ordained to promote us. The Lord told me recently, he said, it's not a punishment, it's a promotion. And I really hesitated to say that because the Lord spoke to me, he says, it's not a punishment. It's a promotion. And sometimes what we view as punishment by God, that he's allowed things, was really the Lord wanting to elevate you and promote you. 
Maybe the things you're mad about with your family, God is saying, how about we bury the hatchet? You carried this too long. Prayer team, come on up. See, Joseph is a depiction of Jesus. Joseph is a depiction of Jesus. The father's favorite, hated by his fellow man, sold out. Of course, Jesus had to die and all that. A lot different. Is there an area in your life that you're holding unforgiveness? I want you guys to stand to your feet. Let's shake your legs a little bit, stretch a bit. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to bow your heads. I just want you to think. It's between you and the Lord. If this story resonated with you at all, I know it's hard to forgive your family when they hurt you because just like Joseph, those are the closest people to him. That's why he shared those dreams. And sometimes the closest people to us are the ones that hurt us the most. Maybe that's not your problem, but I do think there's some of that in the room. But just like Joseph, I pray that the Lord would give you kingdom eyes to begin to see everything that you're holding bitterness to, all that, uh, all that, and some of that gossips follow with that because you're like, dude, I gotta tell somebody about everything I'm mad about. All the heaviness you're carrying, all that weight, all that pain and all that hurt, it's not just gonna go away. You have to give it away. And I want you to ask, Lord, is there any part of me that I'm holding bitterness and unforgiveness towards anyone? They might even be in the room today. But I want you to really ask God, Lord, is there anybody I'm not forgiving? As you're doing that, let me remind you that you're the bad guy in somebody else's story as well. And the Lord wants to break that cycle, that every disruption, that maybe this is God-ordained destiny, and he wants to redeem your family, just like Joseph's. He wants to redeem your family line, and he wants to break off every curse, every ill-gotten prophetic word even spoken over you and your family, every curse spoken over you, that the Lord wants to break that off your life, every bit of unforgiveness you carry. No matter how justified, you need to give it to the Lord because the God says, vengeance is mine. And there's some of you in the room right now that you are struggling to forgive yourself. God loved you so much to give his only son for you. And for every one of us in this room, he gave his only son for you. He shed his blood for you. He was beaten and mocked and spat on for you. So he was shamed so that you would not be shamed. He was punished so that you would not be punished. And he wants you to forgive yourself today. That if you put it in the blood of Jesus and you trust and commit it to him, it'll never be remembered again. every head bowed and every eye closed say Pastor Darrell that's me 
I just want you to, I want you to step, step out of the aisle, and I want you to come forward and let this prayer team introduce you to Jesus and and pray with you to set you free. If you're in this room today and any of this resonates in any way, no one's gonna shame you for walking up that aisle. I was in the Baptist church, I always felt like if you walked in the aisle, you're some major sinner, that is not the case. The book of James says to confess your sins one to another and you'll be healed. How do you think Chinese revival broke out in the 1930s? Is because they began to confess their sins one to another. Maybe you've got somebody in the room that you have issue with. Confess your sins to them. Repent, be humble, make things right. If you're in here today and you're struggling with forgiveness, even forgiving yourself, please come forward. you to bow your heads and close your eyes. We're going to wrap up here in just a moment. Heavenly Father, at the sound of my voice, I pray, Lord, that any unforgiveness, Lord, there's going to be hurts and pains. Lord, there's offenses. Lord, if there's anything in our hearts, examine our hearts. And I pray, Lord, if there's anything we're holding against you, Lord, if we're mad at you, Lord, Lord, if we're mad at others, Lord, if we can't, we're mad at ourselves, Father, that you have come, that the blood of Jesus covers all sins, and the devil has no hold over your people, and Lord, that Satan is defeated, and that shame is at the feet of the cross, guilt at the feet of the cross, all that is at the foot of the cross. No perfection here. No have it all together here. Lord, I pray that we would humble ourselves and submit our lives and our destinies to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. If you still need prayer, please come forward. We'd love to pray with you. Until, make sure you sign up for Freedom Groups at the Welcome Desk. We'll be right back here next Sunday. God bless you. We love you. You are dismissed.